In 1889, the Boston Herald published an article describing a phenomenon terrorizing the Deep South. African Americans across the region had, for several weeks past, been in a state of fear and trembling. They claim that there is a white man, a doctor, who at will can make himself invisible and proceeds to fill up a bucket with the victim's blood for the purpose of making medicine. But these rumors were far from new. Since the early 1800s, talk of malicious night doctors had haunted the South. They allegedly kidnapped, tortured, and dismembered slaves in the name of medical research. But in recent decades, archaeological discoveries have suggested this may be more than simple rumor. Welcome to the Conspiracy Therapy Podcast with Ryan, Larry, and Joshua. What's wrong? Her Luma mommy's not here. <laughs> when mommy's away, the kids will play. Oh, we gonna get in trouble this episode, aren't we? We can yeah. talk about boobs. I Wait. like boobs, and I cannot lie. So today's episode <laughs> is about the dreaded night doctors. <laughs> down their best song by the way agreed i had this on cassette when i was in junior high i did not <laughs> you were like negative two right when this came out uh probably not when this was uh their resurgence yeah this is when they got clean and sober supposedly so, 90s right yeah early 90s so yeah i'd, I'd have been a, a little lad can't help it. I love it so much. It's a great song. I know, and it's awesome that we're doing we're doing a doctor's episode, and Larry plays Doctor Feelgood. I love it. I love it. I'm the DJ. That's right. So now I actually found out about this particular subject, and probably the last three or four weeks because I've been combing the internet trying to stock up on ideas for episodes, and I knew we were going to do a couple before Larry takes a break. And I was, God. I came along, I came along this, this subject and I was really intrigued. I have to ask you guys, um, before we delve into our little scale in this show, um, <laughs> you trying to clear your throat? Yeah. Okay. Um, does any do of the two of you, uh, do you know anything about night doctors? I mean, the only doctor I know is. Doctor Who. Well, all the nerds. Are- I got a platinum in liking Doctor Who. I got a platinum in hating female Doctor Who's. <laughs> For the record, topical. I think people that that get all pissed off before she even has a chance, like stop being so fucking petty. I yeah, I don't like that this fictional doctor is not real. And doesn't have a dick. For 53 years, it's been a man. Stop being sexist. Exactly. It's not 
real. Wake up. It's 2017, you son of a bitch. Get out of your mom's basement. Get a job. Okay, so <laughs> true story. I didn't either. Now, I have to ask you guys before I delve into the question that will lead into our skill. If mm-hmm. you had to guess what you think the night doctors are, mm-hmm. what would you say? Which doctors? Which doctors? Mm. Good, good guess. Uh, doctors that just got through their internship. So they they're get, working at night because yeah, exactly. they have to pay for their bills. Exactly. Whatever. Cool. Well, what if I asked you this question for our scale? How afraid are you of doctors that steal bodies in the night to do medical experiments for the furtherment of science? Oh, well, they're dead bodies? They're dead bodies that they steal. They're grave robbers. Three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're already dead, so... I mean, I would hate the idea of someone taking, say, if, like, it was somebody I loved and, like, I won't pretty much defiled their body, but the thing is, is doing nothing to them because they're dead. I won't lie to you guys. Um, I'm my... When I die, my body goes to science. I don't okay. care. I think I have I, that marked on my license. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if it's going to help future generations of my children or whoever's mm-hmm. children... Organ donors not? unite. Organ donors, do it. Why not? Because your body's just toast oh, anyways. Because there's a conspiracy about organ donors. <gasps> oh, we'll get to that. Future episode. So... What do you, you said? Larry said three. You said well, what? Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I didn't really give one, did I? <laughs> no. You always have to give a number. Well, I didn't. I, for some reason, I didn't put it with. Yeah, this is the. Uh, uh, yeah, I would say like three. Okay. I'll say seven because I know that if I was in this era, especially if I was a slave, I would be scared because they found a way to monetize everything that they did. And this was just something mm. that they could even make more capital on. Mm, unfettered capitalism. Exactly. Oh, After the Civil War is delicious. when it became more predominant. But let's let's delve in. So according to Wikipedia, night, night doctors, also known as night riders, night yeah. witches, Ku Klux doctors, student doctors, and boogeymen. Not, of- not to be confused with their fishermen, fishing buddies, the Ku Klux clams. <laughs> right. Of course. So, um, African-American folklore is where there was a little bit of factual basis. So, emerging from the realities of grave robbing and forced and punitive medical experimentation and intimidation rumors spread maliciously by many Southern whites, the night doctor's purpose was to further prevent slaves, free men, and black workers from leaving for the North or the of the United States in a prescient foreshadowing of the inevitable events during the early to mid 20th century now known as the great migration so it's kind of like that uh harriet tubman underground rail mm, railroad yeah. most of them headed north even after that and followed that same path and there was a lot of like hubbub between the the different slaves like uh uh-oh <laughs> Don't go to sleep. Anyway, so I want to read a poem. This was a poem that was created. Um, it was it was based on the night doctor's myth. This was like something that they they would read to each other, or that was posted in their newsletters. I guess that would go between them. But anyway, 
It's called the Dissecting Hall. Okay. Now, for 2017 formalities, I'm not going to say a certain word, but you'll know when I get there. The Dissecting Hall. Butt sex. <laughs> that the word? No. Wow. You see that house? That great brick house? Way yonder down the street? They used to take dead folks in there, wrapped in a long white sheet. And sometimes when a N-word stopped, a wondering who was dead, them studgeant men would take a club and bat him in the head. Jeez. And drag that poor dead N-word child right into the Secton Hall to investigate his liver lights, his gitterdin and all. Take off that N-word's hat and feet. I'm sorry. I said hat. It meant hands. And feet. A little bit of a difference. His eyes, his head, and all. And when them student finish, there was nothing left at all. So there was always a there was always this fear. And that was part of like the 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 lore mm-hmm. that was told between the slaves as they migrated north about these these white cloaks that would come in the night. So in the early nineteenth century, most states legislated against grave robbery. Now, if you have to picture this in your head, there wasn't a lot of bodies for doctors to study on. And Grey's Anatomy wasn't published yet, so there was a lot of things for them to just be like, a heart. Good Lord. Sorry. (laughs) A heart is made of, you know, roses, right? You know, like, before we really knew bodies, I'm just going to say... Late 19th century to even 20th century medicine is scary. Watch the show The Nick. You'll know. It's a great show. So anyway, African Americans were powerless, voiceless, and unable to resist grave robberies to any meaningful extent. A section of white cadavers carried far greater risk for doctors. Nevertheless, poor whites were used, especially when available in abundance. Body snatching increased during the post-revolutionary period in New York. Reflecting the impact of medical students performing dissections rather than simply observing professors. Following outraged newspaper reporting, laws were passed attempting to circumvent the rapidly increasing incidents of grave robbery. For example, Pennsylvania legislature required unclaimed bodies to be given to the state anatomy board by public officials. African Americans were the main source of dissection cadavers to the end of the Civil War. Newly formed laws were openly flouted by medical schools as demonstrated in a 1984 advertisement by the Medical College of South Carolina. So this is an actual advertisement. Okay. Okay. Some advantages of peculiar character are connected with this institution, which it may be proper to point out. No place in the United States offers as great opportunities for the acquisition of anatomical knowledge Subjects being obtained from the colored population in sufficient numbers for every purpose and proper dissection carried out without offending any individuals in the community. So they're basically saying it's cool to just rob black bodies because we can mess with them. So that 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 was in the culture, um, which is scary to think that like it was totally fine in their minds. They were less human and we could just mess around with them. Which is just a scary time. Like, your post-Civil War, Lincoln's already said, like, every man's free. 
And then these poor people are trying to get to a spot where they can just like set up shop, maybe make a hot dog stand or, uh, you know, live the American dream, open a hospital, who knows? Um, and it's, it's scary to me to think that like these, these people were just not able to live their life. I, I don't know anything about what it was like to live then. Cause I obviously did not live then, but it's always stories like reading about this, this night doctors thing that was like, really? Like how, how, what? Just say it, Josh. Well, if April were here, okay, she would point out that Larry would know all about this because I would have been alive back then. Oh, we're a long way to go for Larry's old joke. Yeah, we're missing April right now. I, know. <laughs> I can even picture her in my head sitting next to me, going, <laughs> "Yeah." So the Paris Review that laugh just cuts right through you. It does. The Paris Review wrote an article about Night Doctors uh, by Colin Dickey. Uh, Come on, we're all gentlemen here. And there's a nice, uh, well-illustrated picture of guys digging up a grave. Dr. Dickey. Quote, I remember a colored lady was going to work early in the morning about half past five o'clock. She was standing at 12th and Market Streets when an automobile came up. A man in the automobile spoke to her. Mayor, which way are you going? I'll take you want to go in a hurry. The trolleys are all blocked, unquote. But the lady wouldn't get in the automobile. The story collected was in the Tristram Potter Coffin and Henog Cohen's 1966 Folklore in America. It begins with a fair degree of menace, but is otherwise unremarkable. A single woman harassed by a stranger in the car. The kind of danger women everywhere in America face. Only at the end it does it become strange. Quote, the man kept on insisting. The unnamed respondent continues, quote, and the woman became frightened. Just then a colored man across the way saw her and started towards her at that man in the automobile left. The man in the automobile, automobile left. <laughs> he saw another black guy coming and he was talking to a black girl. He was a night doctor and he was going to take that lady to the hospital. Jeez. So that's 1966. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I thought you were talking like 1866. No. Holy shit. No, I'm trying to. That's why I'm wow. trying. That's why I segued. To that, that was then. Then I thought they didn't have automobiles in 1866. No. <clears throat> um, so for well over a century after the Civil War, the night doctors moved through the cities and through American folklore. Wow. So it's kind of an unproven. It's kind of a semi proven thing. Mm-hmm. But it's also this article really was trying to bring out the factual information on this whole medical studies thing. They're basically saying like this continued on for a really long time. And it's kind of been a conspiracy amongst um, African Americans and whites because it's like, did we really subject these people to even more horrors after they were already subjected to some of the worst horrors? Uh, I think there's some episodes on that we could get to. So, so healthcare in the United States has rarely been motivated motivated by philanthropy. Philanthropy, yes. I got psychological philanthropy. Physicians' philanthropy corroborate. (laughs) 
<laughs> the South Carolina Medical College, for example, founded in 1824 by the Medical Society of South Carolina, subsisted directly on fees paid by students. Increasingly, by the 1820s and 30s, anatomy classes were a requirement of doctors who wanted to practice in the states. And places like South Carolina Medical College were founded as a money-making enterprise to serve their need. A predict of particular note was that the SMC was chartered to only treat slaves. So this was a hospital that only treated slaves. Certainly there were hospitals for whites, but Southern doctors made the majority of their income from operating on slaves. In such, in such transactions, the plantation master was the client, not the patient, him or him herself. Doctors in the South regularly relied on the bodies of slaves as a means to practice their craft, often advertising their need for interesting conditions. Such interest often came with callous disregard for those men and women. Todd L. Savitt chronicles an antebellum example of blatant malpractice in which a slave was sent to a southern medical college with a leg ulcer that had been caused by a burn. The wound would not yield to the staff's ministration, Savitt writes, so the surgeon decided to amputate his leg, an extremely... An extreme remedy in such a case. The servant believed that his leg was cut off just to let the student see the operation and to bring the doctor. So this poor guy had like a minor thing that like a white guy could just get removed. And then they went in there and like, oh, no, no, no. You got to have your whole leg removed. So he lost his leg on the purpose of serving as like a teaching supply. Yeah. It almost sounds like uh, surgeons like who just got out of med school. Yes. Ugh. Yeah, well, they didn't have a lot of examples. So there was whoever could pay the fees, whoever was white. <sighs> Another shitty fucking example of how shitty we've been. Mm-hmm. White people having fun. Furthermore, offering to treat people free of charge was one method of getting cadavers. Individuals who died at the hospital and thus away from their families were easier to seize for dissection. So Ooh. when they can grab somebody running away or grab somebody at night, like a night doctor... They would grab them. In the early 19th century, the number of medical schools in the United States and Europe exploded. By one count, America began the 19th century with just four. But by century's end, there were more than 160. It was, as Charles Caldwell termed it, a perfect medical school mania. As the field tried to slough allegations of quackery and mysticism through more rigorous training and understanding... Medical degrees became a quick means for young men to raise their social standing and make a middle-class living. So it became this thing where I was just like, Jeez, Trump. I know. Sorry. (laughs) Excuse me. I had a boogie. (laughs) Was it that bad? (laughs) Make me second-guess myself. All right, so we've had a little bit of um, knowledge now. Mm-hmm. We kind of know. Um, we kind of know what the deal was. The idea of the night doctors is basically that a bunch of Ku Klux Klan or shitty white people is that how they told time? <laughs> Ku Klux Klan. God damn it! Clam. So it's underwater mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So. We know that Pacific time. <laughs> we know that 
they're basically this this group of guys that just went and grabbed bodies, mm-hmm. um, or they they, well, they took subjected line. people to like heinous, not even like post op pre op. Oh, like yeah. just like even though I know it's wood, like the thought of that being on bone. You guys gotta watch the. If you guys have ever seen the show The Nick, watch it. It's amazing. I, I watched Nick at Nickelodeon. Night. No, The Nick. It's Nick one of night. the best shows I've ever watched. So anyway, we're gonna take a break in a minute, but I want to real quick just say that the the thing that really drove me nuts about researching this is that I didn't think that things. I'd always imagine that hopefully things moved forward in a better way than they did. But then when I finally like read up on the history with the night doctors, it just made me realize like, Ooh. if it's real, cause that's the thing we have to have a verdict, but, yep. and they're still, they still like to blame it on a lot of American, uh, African American folklore. But if it's real, you gotta be serious. Not make silly burps. Anyway, who does wait, that? Everybody on this show. So anyway, that is our first segment. We're going to take a break when we come back a little bit more about a certain case that raised a lot of eyebrows in the African American community. In the 18th and 19th centuries, medical schools were suffering as they didn't have enough bodies to dissect. In the UK, up until 1832, the only corpses given to schools were those of people sentenced to death and dissection by a judge. At the time, only around 50 people were sentenced to capital punishment per year, which fell slightly short of the 500 corpses required by medical schools each year. This environment was perfect for the rise of the body snatchers. Resurrectionists, also known as body snatchers, would exhume the corpses of dead people and sell them on the black market. On a still night, they would sneak into graveyards and using just a lantern, shovels, crowbars, and the odd enchanted amulet, would steal bodies from the chilling clutch of the grave. This was such a common problem that watchtowers were built on burial grounds to scare off grave robbers. If a friend or family member was to die, you would need to physically watch over their body until their funeral. An iron coffin would be used, and the grave would be guarded by a mort safe. We are back. But we've brought... Our most famous conspiracy therapy member with us because she's back. I'm back. Back again. <laughs> I missed you guys. I had to come back. We always miss you too. So, we're all scared of night doctors now. So, since at least the 1800s, black oral history has been filled with tales of night doctors who kidnap black people for research. To discourage slaves from meeting or escaping, slave owners often told tales of gruesome research done on black bodies, then covered themselves in white sheets and crept around at night, posing as spirits coming to infect black people with disease or steal them for research. So that's from The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. Now, Henrietta Lacks is a a part of this whole thing because she... um, She's kind of a figurehead when it comes to this. So there's let me let me see if I can explain this a little bit. So when she died Oh, my phone's being stupid. Sorry. 
Uh, oh, come on. I know. I'm sorry. Do you want us to vamp? <laughs> no, I don't. You want us to vape? No, there's a book. There's a book that was written called "The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks," and she's one of the um, characters who kind of brought forth this whole theory about these these doctors that were doing this thing at the time. They had these people that were stealing cadavers, and it got so bad that they actually had to put their bodies into steel caskets. And oh, so they couldn't break into them. Yeah. And then they also put watchtowers up. Jeez. So if you really didn't want them to break into your your loved one's casket, you had a you had somebody in a watchtower that was actually watching. And if it wasn't manned, and somebody had a crowbar, you might kind of be sort of fucked. Can you imagine that, Josh? I don't want to imagine that. Imagine being the person who had to watch over a graveyard like that, like late at night. Your mind's going to run away with you, and you're going to start seeing things. And- right. Well, I'm just... <laughs> yeah. Having to stand guard for bodies. Yeah. So I'm curious. If you had to be born in the early 19th century or the early... 17th century which would you rather do what are my choices again 19th or uh 18th this the closer to now the better okay yeah because i mean in the 18th i mean he was like three (laughs) (laughs) i can't hear you over there Uh, yeah i would say 19th yeah 19th gosh you're so Mm. funny This man's had more coffee than all of Columbia today. Yep. <laughs> so you know what's going to happen too is we're going to go upstairs and go to bed, and I'll be ready to go to sleep, and Josh is just going to want to talk and <laughs> let's talk about our feelings. <laughs> Stop! I want to go to sleep. So I was playing Destiny. Yeah, right. Or he'll look up videos on YouTube and play them right next to my head while I'm trying to go to sleep. Like, let's watch and quote all of Predator. That'd be fun. Hey, you know what? When you can find somebody that you love and that you can quote a movie that you both love together, (laughs) that's great. April, do you like Predator now? I kind of have to. I've had to watch it like 12 times. Turn around, turn around. (laughs) Want some candy? Okay, let's put an end to this. Yeah. All right. Let's get a little bit of pop culture happening. It's time for the Pop Culture Minute with Josh. Sonic Boom! Is that me? Yes. God, that's <laughs> embarrassing. You should be proud. I don't want burps on the podcast. That's all that happens now, I'm sw- I swear. <laughs> so anyways, guys, I... I- admittedly, in my research for pop culture on the topic... Uh, night doctors and whatnot, I really couldn't find anything. However, by broadening my horizons and thinking so not so much as night doctors, but what are they doing? Snatching bodies. So, we are going to talk about body snatchers. Oh, I love body snatchers. HP Lovecraft 
You might be hearing more about that fella here in the near future. Yes, of the Kraft macaroni and cheese family. Mm. Oh, my favorite. SpongeBob mm. shapes are the best. Yeah, she. Yeah, Velveeta. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, oh, shells and cheese. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft actually wrote a of body snatchers in his novels, The Case of Charles Dexter Ward and Herbert West Reanimator. Ooh, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Did you guys ever read the uh, Adventures of Tom Sawyer? A long time ago. Mark Twain? Larry knew Tom Sawyer. <laughs> I am Tom Sawyer, didn't you? <laughs> no, oh, it's mine it's re- and not for rent. <laughs> didn't see a penny of that either. <laughs> in Tom Sawyer, Injun Joe takes the opportunity to murder Dr. Robinson when he and Matt or Muff Potter Muff pa- are hired by him for body snatching. Mm-hmm. A snatcher named Muff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another semi-famous author, Charles Dickens. In The Tale of Two Cities, Jerry Cruncher works as a resurrection man in addition to his work as a porter and messenger at Telson's Bank. <sighs> There's a song by Radiohead in 2007's In Rainbows, simply titled Body Snatchers. Mm-hmm. And then... In the 85 novel, The City of Joy, written by French author and, Ful- and Fulbright scholar Dominique Lapierre, one sees how, in order to pay for his daughter's wedding, the dying rickshaw driver sells his bones for science. Mm. Mm. Hours after demise and before properly mourned, bone traders came come to collect his bones. Wow. Mm. I would say, doctor-wise, you could check out Dr. Giggles. Oh, I love that movie. Doogie Howser. Wow, what a Doogie classic. Howser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. ER. ER. And my favorite, Scrubs. Scrubs you know is pretty good. I will go to bat for Scrubs. That is an awesome show. I've been trying to get April to watch Oh, that. I've I, seen it. I saying, Aaron and but, I have seen it twice, like yeah. all, beginning to end. Yeah. Even the shitty seasons. Yeah, I... Yeah, that's it's a good show. You should watch it. Okay. So, but anyways, dudes, that's all I have. Not too much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's about time for us to have a verdict. In this corner, we see facts. And a couple of people who seem to be African-American saying, this is lore that we heard, but they survived. In this other corner, four podcasters that you love (laughs) were coming at you with their honest opinions. And burps. I'm going to start. Oh. Because usually I throw it out there. You do. Night Doctors. Are they real or are they not? They're real. Why? Because our our history is so fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this makes perfect sense that whiteies would run around still black cadavers because they know it's not going to it's not going to be an issue. If they can experiment them on them for science, I mean, look, if I told you how shitty it was around the turn of the 19th, 20th century, when Ooh. it came to science, I muted that. <laughs> Looked up painful, <laughs> though. 
<laughs> I swear Larry's watching my lips the whole time. He just wants to kiss me. Aww. So, no, the, the truth is there's so much behind the fact that people just want to know about the human body and it makes sense they would abuse it, they would abuse the people of lower stature. Mm. Me? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's real. Uh, although, and, and well, and the reason why I say that is because, yes, uh, back in the 1800s, I don't believe they had driver's licenses that could say on them, yes, I want to donate my body for science. And so they had to get bodies to be able to research us internally. And uh, yeah, if you're not rich and whatnot and can afford to get, I mean, because I'm sure there was a way to sell your body still. But if you didn't have a lot of money, well, hey, there's plenty of dead bodies in the cemetery. Dr. Jones, or well, Mr. Jones, or and me, <laughs> was just buried. That's a fresh body. We can use that to cut them open and see what's going on in our chest and in our head. And so, yeah, it, it, it's fucked up. There's no doubt about that, but it... <sighs> Who's to say that the actions of what those people did are why we have some of the medical advancements that we have now? Mm-hmm. Some of the worst advancements, or some of the, not some of the worst, some of the best advancements advancements we have come from the worst wars we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That makes sense. Definitely. It, like, medical science only perseveres in some of the worst climates you can ever imagine. Right. So, mm-hmm. April... Um, I wasn't really here for the first part, so I'm kind of just going to wing it on this All verdict, right. but from what I've heard, I think it sounds totally plausible, like the idea yeah. of lower class people getting carved up for science. I mean, way shittier things have happened to American citizens, so, you know, I don't know. I think it could be possible. Ooh. Your honor. Oh. The naysayer. Your honor. I see yes, yes you forming stepped on up his to lips. The bench. He could be going meow though. Yes. Hey. <gasps> what? I actually know through a different history podcast that this is something that did go on. Wow. So that's it. Everybody says yes. That means you've given so many of your hours to listen to this podcast and of us saying no, 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 yep. no, 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 no. Today, no, ladies no, and gentlemen, no. we are telling you the night doctors they existed, <laughs> and that's been your verdict. So that leaves us for a quiz. All right, ladies, gentlemen, and one particularly bearded smartass. It's me, Matt Damon. I take that back, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Judging by the way you finished in these quizzicals. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. So we're going to do a quiz on the human body. Oh. Oh, oh shit. 
Ryan knows penises, so they're all is, penises. Is there right a penis now. question? Is there a nipple <laughs> question? There's questions. I know I know everything about my Ugh. penis and my nipples. Well, then we'll start with this one. Question number one. What part of the human body doesn't change its size during a person's Josh. life? Josh. I didn't even hear the end of that. Eyes. That is correct. What? The eyes... Are the only thing, yeah. Here's nose; they grow throughout your lifetime. Oh, your okay. eyes never do. That's cool. Josh, Josh is one. a psychic. That's cool. Question. <laughs> I just happen to know number that. two. That's question number two. What is the strongest muscle in the human body? April. April. Tongue. Yeah, you would know that. Question. <laughs> <laughs> one to one to nothing. <laughs> Question number three. How long did the longest lasting hiccups last? Oh, that's not most multiple choice. You want a hint? Uh, sure. It's above 50 years. Josh. Josh. 65 years. It's 68, but I'm going to give that to him. That's, yeah, pretty say, I, yeah, that's pretty darn close. That's pretty close. I wouldn't have guessed. I, I if you round it, it if you round time. it, yeah, 65. Yeah, 68 Somebody years. had hiccups for 68 Charles years. Osborne suffered from hiccups from 1928 till 1991. Dear Lord. When somebody finally jumped out behind a table and went, <laughs> scared the hiccups away. That's how it works. Josh yep. 2, April 1. Shit, nothing. His depends that day. Yeah, right. Number four. Who has a better sense of smell? Men, women, or are both the same? Josh. Josh. Women. That is correct. Remember the that the next time you fart. Yep. <laughs> Josh, three, April, one. Ryan, nothing. This question's worth four points. Line, final question. What's the biggest organ in the human body? Josh. April. Josh. Skin. Wow. Serves okay, you okay. right for saying That's I was correct. the dumbass. <laughs> I had to put a fire under your ass. Josh wins. There's your quizzical. Oh. The human ability. Good job, honey. Thank you, honey. Is that going to be your... Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say lungs. I couldn't think of anything. I'm like, organ? <laughs> the skin is an organ. I got a penis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where I go. Just covered with skin. It's true. Yeah. Micro... I don't have a micro penis. Micro penis. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, have you had a good time this week? I sure have. I think so, because this fucker won the quizzical, which means he can start it off with plugs. That's a reward? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, of course, you've heard me talk about it before, but the Stiff Joystick podcast, that's a video game podcast that we talk about what we're playing, and then we break down a special subject. You can find that on Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud. And of course, if you're into wrestling history, feel free to find us on the Potty Slam podcast. We are on Facebook and Twitter and Podomatic. Uh, you can catch me on the EFIS podcast. EFISpodcast.net for that. Check out episode 111. Josh appears on it, and we talk about balls. That should have been Ryan. You, you weren't available, Ryan. I wasn't. Because was... he doesn't know about balls, he knows about dong. Right. Uh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. Yeah. So if you're listening to this show, I would imagine that you've already liked us on Facebook, but if you haven't, do that right away. 
check us out on Podomatic, Facebook, Twitter. There's a lot of places you can find us. And also, if you have an idea for a show you'd like to suggest, or maybe you want to tell us this time that you think a night doctor visited one of your relatives, email us at conspiracytherapyshow at gmail.com or check out when every episode gets listed at Conspiracy T Show on our Twitter. Um, also, I want to say real quick, we're about to be at the Grand Rapids Comic Con. Yes. And you should come out and say hello to us. We're going to have shirts. We're going to hand out business cards. We're going to be some sweet, happy individuals. And there's also a good chance that if you do find us, your voice might make it to the podcast. True. If you like this show, you might be on it. So make that a priority, you fucks. (laughs) Wow. I say that lovingly. Right. It's a loving fuck. Does anybody have anything they'd like to add before this episode closes out? Scrape my goopy vagina. <laughs> like a doctor. Right on. Yep. We'll doctor. see you next week on another episode of Conspiracy Therapy. Have a good week. A hot summer night. Feel like a minute. I've got to find my baby This has been a presentation of Beer City Media.